episode five. And yet it was because of Voldemort that Harry had come to live with the Dursleys in the first place. If it hadn't been for Voldemort, Harry would not have had the lightning scar on his forehead. If it hadn't been for Voldemort, Harry would still have parents. Harry'd been a year old the night that Voldemort, the most powerful dark wizard for a century, a wizard who had been gaining power steadily for 11 years, arrived at his house and killed his father and mother. Voldemort had then turned his wand on Harry. He had performed the curse that had disposed of many full-grown witches and wizards in his steady rise to power. And incredibly, it had not worked. Instead of killing the small boy, the curse had rebounded upon Voldemort. Harry had survived with nothing but a lightning-shaped cut on his forehead. And Voldemort had been reduced to something barely alive. His powers gone, his life almost extinguished, Voldemort had fled. The terror in which the secret community of witches and wizards had lived for so long lifted. Voldemort's followers had disbanded, and Harry Potter had become famous. It had been enough of a shock for Harry to discover on his 11th birthday that he was a wizard. It had been even more disconcerting to find out that everyone in the hidden wizarding world knew his name. Harry had arrived at Hogwarts to find that heads turned and whispers followed him wherever he went. But he was used to it now. At the end of this summer, he would be starting his fourth year at Hogwarts, and he was already counting the days until he would be back at the castle again. But there was still a fortnight to go before he went back to school. He looked helplessly around his room again, and his eyes paused on the birthday cards his two best friends had sent him at the end of July. What would they say if he wrote to them and told them about his scar hurting? At once, Hermione Granger's voice filled his head, shrill and panicky. Your scar hurt? Harry, that's really serious. Write to Professor Dumbledore, and I'll go and check common magical ailments and afflictions. Maybe there's something in there about cursed scars. Yes, that would be Hermione's advice. Go straight to the headmaster of Hogwarts, and in the meantime, consult a book. Harry stared out of the window at the inky blue-black sky. He doubted very much whether a book could help him now. As far as he knew, he was the only living person to have survived a curse like Voldemort's. It was highly unlikely, therefore, that he would find his symptoms listed in common magical ailments and afflictions. As for informing the headmaster... Harry had no idea where Dumbledore went during the summer holidays. He amused himself for a moment, picturing Dumbledore with his long silver beard, full-length wizard's robes and pointed hat stretched out on a beach somewhere, rubbing suntan lotion into his long, crooked nose. Wherever Dumbledore was, thought Harry, he was sure that Hedwig would be able to find him. Harry's owl had never yet failed to deliver a letter to anyone, even without an address. But what would he write? 
Dear Professor Dumbledore, sorry to bother you, but my scar hurt this morning. Yours sincerely, Harry Potter. Even inside his head, the words sounded stupid. And so he tried to imagine his other best friend, Ron Weasley's reaction. And in a moment, Ron's long-nosed, freckled face seemed to swim before Harry, wearing a bemused expression. Your scar hurt, but you know who can't be near you now, can he? I mean, you'd know, wouldn't you? He'd be trying to do you in again, wouldn't he? I don't know, Harry. Maybe cursed scars always twinge a bit. I'll ask Dad. Mr. Weasley was a fully qualified wizard who worked in the Misuse of Muggle Artifacts office at the Ministry of Magic. But he didn't have any particular expertise in the matter of curses, as far as Harry knew. In any case, Harry didn't like the idea of the whole Weasley family knowing that he, Harry, was getting jumpy about a few moments' pain. Mrs. Weasley would fuss worse than Hermione, and Fred and George, Ron's 16-year-old twin brothers, might think Harry was losing his nerve. The Weasleys were Harry's favorite family in the world. He was hoping they might invite him to stay any time now. Ron had mentioned something about the Quidditch World Cup, and he somehow didn't want his visit punctuated with anxious inquiries about his scar. Harry kneaded his forehead with his knuckles. What he really wanted, and it felt almost shameful to admit it to himself, what he really wanted was someone like, like a parent, an adult wizard whose advice he could ask without feeling stupid, someone who cared about him, who had experience of dark magic. And then the solution came to him. It was so simple, so obvious that he couldn't believe it had taken so long. Serious. Harry leapt up from the bed, hurried across the room, and sat down at his desk. He pulled a piece of parchment toward him, loaded his eagle feather quill with ink, wrote, Dear Sirius, then paused, wondering how to best phrase his problem, and still marveling at the fact that he hadn't thought of Sirius straight away. Well, then perhaps it wasn't so surprising. After all, he had only found out that Sirius was his godfather two months ago. There was a simple reason for Sirius's complete absence from Harry's life until then. Sirius had been in Azkaban, a terrifying wizard jail guarded by creatures called Dementors, sightless, soul-sucking fiends who had come to search for Sirius at Hogwarts when he had escaped. Yet Sirius had been innocent. The murders for which he had been convicted were committed by Wormtail, Voldemort's supporter, who nearly everybody now believed to be dead. Harry, Ron, and Hermione knew otherwise, however. They had come face to face with Wormtail the previous year, though only Professor Dumbledore had believed their story. For one glorious hour, Harry had believed that he was leaving the Dursleys at last because Sirius had offered him a home since his name had been cleared. But the chance had been snatched away from him. Wormtail had escaped before they could take him to the Ministry of Magic, and Sirius had had to flee for his life. Harry had helped him escape on a hippogriff called Buckbeak, and since then, Sirius had been on the run. 
The home Harry might have had if Wormtail had not escaped had been haunting him all summer. It had been doubly hard to return to the Dursleys knowing that he had so nearly escaped them forever. Nevertheless, Sirius had been of some help to Harry, even if he couldn't be with him. It was due to Sirius that Harry now had all his school things in his bedroom with him. The Dursleys had never allowed this before. Their general wish of keeping Harry as miserable as possible, coupled with their fear of his powers, had led them to lock his school trunk in the cupboard under the stairs every summer prior to this. But their attitude had changed since they had found out that Harry had a dangerous murderer for a godfather. Harry had conveniently forgotten to tell them that Sirius was innocent. Harry had received two letters from Sirius since he had been back at Privet Drive. Both had been delivered not by owls, as was usual with wizards, but by large, brightly colored tropical birds. Hedwig had not approved of these flashy intruders. She had been most reluctant to allow them to drink from her water tray before flying off again. Harry, on the other hand, had liked them. They put him in mind of palm trees and white sand, and he hoped that wherever Sirius was, he never said, in case the letters were intercepted, that he was enjoying himself. Somehow, Harry found it hard to imagine Dementors surviving for long in bright sunlight. Perhaps that was why Sirius had gone south. Sirius's letters which were now hidden beneath the highly useful loose floorboard under Harry's bed, sounded cheerful. And in both of them, he had reminded Harry to call on him if ever Harry needed to. Well, he needed to now, all right. <laughs>